Welcome to Tea Break with Vivian Cosimir. Vivian and her guests are here to help you empower yourself and open your mind to higher realizations. Now, here is Vivian. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special July podcast with Steve Farrell and his latest book entitled A New Universal Dream, My Journey from Silicon Valley to a Life in Service to Humanity. My slogan, if coffee wakes you up, tea awakens you. I am Vivian Casimir, and I have the pleasure to be here with Steve Farrell, sharing with us the message of his book and the mission of Humanity's team. So welcome to the podcast, Steve. Thank you, Vivian, and it's wonderful to be here having tea with you, so to speak, looking forward. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you. So just a brief description, you are the... CEO of Humanities Team, a global number one, global non-profit organization bridging science and spirituality and devoted to helping people everywhere awaken to our interconnectedness with educational, transformational programs, masterclass and podcasts. And you are also the co-founder of the organization with Neil Donald Walsh. So I came across, I must say, to your organization four years ago, and I have enjoyed, of course, the streaming platform and the mission of your organization. So I wanted to share with my audience your inspiring journey to conscious leadership and also a chance to give people a a, a possibility to hear directly from you about your streaming educational platform that can support them in many ways for personal and global transformation. So we are going to talk about you and how you came to do what you do. We're going to talk about major concepts in your book that you want to share with us. And we're going to talk about humanity's team, mission and vision of a conscious culture. Many things, but let's try to do it in an hour. So, uh, Steve, I have to ask you uh, this question to start. What made you write this book now in your life? And if you can describe the book in your own words. You bet, Vivian. Well, I I was like all of the things I'm doing in my life now, I was called to write the book. I don't really see myself as some professional author or something, but it uh, this calling came to me actually, gosh, probably six, seven, eight years ago to uh, just start putting in writing this journey, which was uh, an over 50-year journey from the time that I was about 12 years old living with a divorced single mom and six brothers and sisters and and now where we are out here with this as you mentioned a streaming platform the number one global nonprofit in transformational education um, and then everything in between because as you know and what I discuss in the book is uh, is this uh, really pretty interesting journey where I go from this young person, with uh, with really very little, you know, with a divorced mom working full time, six brothers and sisters, we've got we all had jobs from an early age, and then I go through a college there in the D.C. area, and then eleven years later, after leaving the Washington D.C. area, I find myself in the center of wealth creation in Silicon Valley. You know, my God, uh, because I'd landed kind of in the right place at the right time and started a couple of technology companies that just really went. Uh, bonkers, uh, zero to 75 million, both of them, the first one in 10 years, the second one in two years. And then that gave me entrance into the whole business association there in Silicon Valley, where I'm working alongside really pretty amazing people uh, who I'm not really in touch with so much today, but like um, uh, the governor of California, uh, who's who's a young guy, Um the woman who was the marketing genius working with uh, Steve Jobs um, and others like that. I could, mm-hmm. you know, many, many people like that. But and so uh, it was an amazing part of my journey, um, you know, private jets and all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But there was also a lot of cognitive dissonance there of, uh, you know, whoa, uh, this is interesting. Nice to have this experience with all that's going on in the world. Is this really what you were supposed to be doing? You know, is this mm-hmm. where you're supposed to be? And uh, and then that, that calling got louder. And as I tell the story in the book, I I sold everything and I left these, this business association. I left Silicon Valley. And then I, I, as you mentioned, I co-founded Humanities Team, this 501c3 nonprofit 
20 years ago in 2003. So, uh, and I was a middle kid in the family and middle kids are good listeners. They're, they're not really the talkers, you know, they listen well. <laughs> so I had a lot of learning and growing to do on this journey to figure out, you know, how do you start for-profit companies? How do you grow them? How do you create a conscious culture? And how do you recruit well? And, and these things, and mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about anything. And, and so uh, that's that's another reason for the book. I stop throughout the book and I I share, oh boy, you know, this is the problem I came up against and these are things I learned. And uh, and I see these as kind of wisdom and tools for the reader exactly. because many of us are on the conscious journey today. And uh, and as we know, it's the most wonderful journey ever, but it does have, you know, there's there is, there are arduous uh, moments here in this path where we really have to stand strong and listen to that inner voice and be true to it and then learn and grow. And so I, I, I share all of those moments, including, you know, not very flattering moments during the journey where I, you know, I was, uh, I look back and it was embarrassing, really, you know, some things that, uh, that I did. Oh, that's wonderful. What I like about the book, it has many things, but it's a, a way to look at it for me is to realize that there's many uh, moments where your personal life and humanity's team mingle. There's a kind of, you know, uh, interaction between those two. It's like it's the birth of the company and its evolution through the concept of the vision of oneness. So I have a quote here I would like to to read. It's um, because in your book, there's many moments where you address directly the reader. And that's very interesting because it makes you, the reader, pause a second and, and reflect on it. And you say, like, just as, as an example of those quotes, have you, have, uh, have you had similar moments that force you to choose between having faith in your own inner knowing and the perspective of others? And you explain that because of your own experience. And most of us will face this dilemma when you do. I urge you to trust that intuitive sense if it seems to come from the core of your being, even if a thousand external voices are shouting at you to go a different way. And I really like it because it shows that you have to trust yourself. You have to reconnect with yourself and be in touch with that inner voice or that oneness you know, in, in that sense, it's, it's very important because let's face it, outside is very binary, you know, dualistic reality. So when you start your inner journey, you are faced with outside. How do you deal with that? So that moment, that quote for me was, yes, you really have to trust yourself. And that's exactly what you did, you know, in spite of everything around you. So that's wonderful uh, in that sense. Um, I would like to give people an idea of how you started your journey. You mentioned that earlier, the calling, you, you had it very early. So for me, reading your book, your, your whole life seems to have been guided by a calling that converged with conversation with God. Can you yeah. elaborate a bit on that? Yes, I sure can. Uh, and thank you for the earlier uh, quote. And Boy, there's such an important quote. This this is really one of the big, big, big things for me, and uh, and that I wanted to share with the reader because I said the, I mentioned that there are these arduous moments on the path, you know, uh, and th- these are them where you know are, that inner voice is saying, "Do this, move west." You don't know anybody, Steve, in San Francisco. Move there. You know, you're in IBM. You have a great. You've got the ticket. You're going to go executive resources. Leave. Go start a company. You know. The whole world is saying, "What the heck are you doing? Stop this!" You know, nonsense. Uh, and and it's hard. You know, you have to you have to be strong to stay with that inner voice. Uh, but um, I want to come back to uh, uh, the question that you asked, Vivian. Um, so, and remind me again the the thing here that I want to get to right in this moment. It's uh, the quote that says. Uh... I urge you to trust your uh, that intuitive sense. It's that seems to come from the core of your being, even though a thousand of external voices are shouting at you to go a different way. Right. Yes. Okay. And uh, that was what I commented on. And then you said, uh, oh, "Now calling, my life is a convergence have, yeah. with conversations with God." So, mm-hmm. so yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm guessing that your readers are familiar with the conversations with God text. It's nine books in the series. The the last one was written in 2017 called Awaken the Species. 
which is a very important uh, project for us right now in humanities team. Uh, so, so what what I did, Vivian, in reading this material. Um, well, first of all, let me share. For uh, thirty seven weeks, the uh, book one was on the New York Times bestseller list, which is mm-hmm. that's that's a long time, and so clearly people all over the world were saying, you know, my God, Neil Donald Walsh at this time, remember he was homeless. He was even by his own admission, sometimes eating out of trash cans. Um, And then he had a conversations with God, you know, and book one came out of that. Uh, And yet the wisdom was just so startling, jaw dropping, really beyond reproach that people were like reading it going, where did this come from? You know, what is this wisdom, this otherworldly, who brought this in? And of course, the book is called Conversations with God. Now, that continues through all nine books. What happened for me, Vivian, uh, I'll relate this back to my Silicon Valley experience, is I read these books and I said, first of all, uh, that God, since it's called Conversations with God, I often use the word term, the divine or even mm-hmm. universe for people that are more towards science. But um that's the voice that I've heard my whole life, you know, even though I grew up in the Catholic wow. Church and altar boy and all of that. But the real thing that has guided me that I've been connected to is this loving, pure love voice. It's like got my back, going to support me in every step that I take. If I open myself, that's there, you know, and and of course, we're all equal. So this is I'm now speaking uh, in the first person, but. I'm also speaking for all of us if if we want this, you know, if we open to this, because uh, we're all parts of the one. Even scientists share that is, this is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I did is I read the entirety of this series, and I said, "Now you know what? This dream right here, as it talked about what the world could become, said, wow, this dream is my dream. And you're right. And so this mm-hmm. has been my life path. And and in fact, in part of my meditation every morning is, okay, God, you know, we're going to go make it flesh. You know, we're going to manifest the new spirituality in its fullness, conscious living by 2040, awakening mm-hmm. oneness in this generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day, every day for for decades and decades and decades, you know, it is that dream is my dream. And I, li- I live that on a wow. daily basis because I can't think of a more beautiful way to live uh, and and we don't grow up, you know, understanding this dream, going through a primary school and high school and college. They don't really teach it. They teach about mm-hmm. a physical body, goes to bones and dust, and then exactly. six feet under. Exactly. Wow. Wow. I have a quote here that shows for me, it's very impressive, that you really stick to that one. You had a strong center. It says, my spiritual journey was about to take a giant leap forward. In a sense, I was living something I was paid for to do what I was made for. My new chapter uh, uh, would be about aligning with the divine and giving my full attention to service work. I had no doubt that my work and my family would be blessed in the process. Oof, that shows a strong faith. That's wonderful, <sighs> particularly at a time where it was not common. You are, in a sense, a pioneer, you know, in that term. So that brings me to the American dreams, you know, I grew, <laughs> right. I, I, I spent many years in US, 30 years. So I understand, I know the American culture. It has always been about success, money, be rich and famous. So your definition of success had to change because your consciousness changed. <laughs> oh, yes, it sure does. It sure does. And again, I had that front row seat to Silicon Valley, you know, the private jets, the private ski areas, the whole thing, you know, I, um, I mentioned Gavin Newsom, you know, who's in my chapter. Amazing people like him. Uh, many mm-hmm. amazing people like him. There were extraordinary people. And the financial uh, thing was there. You know, the, the power, fame, and fortune thing was there. What I could see uh, are a couple of things. One is there's an incredible pressure on people where they want to keep that going, keep that power, fame, and fortune thing going. Uh you know, you're just feeding this this thing every day to keep it going. And in so doing, you're actually marginalizing and putting pressure on all the relationships around you with the person that you're married to, your kids, coworkers. There were a few that managed to balance that pretty well. But candidly, overall, 
you know, where we were in forum and really talking about our personal lives. Wow. You know, no, uh, it doesn't matter that you've got your private jet and so on. When these kinds of things are going on, no, that's that's not, I don't want to climb to upper rungs of this ladder. So um, so that was uh, was something as well. Now, related to this is what happens in this, where we're climbing to what I'm calling the upper rungs of the American dream is you get to 75 million, you say, you celebrate for maybe a day or two, and then you're off for 150 million. And then, you know, you get to 150 million, and then you celebrate for a day. Then you're off for 300 million. It's a never ending thing. So what it is, is you, we've all seen the cartoon, right, of the mirage, and there's this oasis out there on the desert of, oh, there, you know, there it is. The oasis is right there. And so you walk toward it and up, you know, you get there and uh, it has moved, you know, it's, it's out further. So there's no there there, you know, you're exactly. just always walking toward an oasis. And who cares if you have all the riches in the world, especially, and I know we're going to deepen this conversation into mm-hmm. what we call conscious living here in humanities team. It goes by a lot of names, but we're, we're living consciously into the oneness uh, and living in flow and all of these things. Oh my God, this is where it's delicious. And we're no longer just racing to get to uh, the next thing and the next thing, uh, you know, where things are all transactional mm-hmm. uh, and transactional is uh, in conscious living. There's no such word. You know, we can delete transactional. We, we will not do this. Why? Because we give up all of the treasure in the moment where something is transactional, where I'm just, you know, you're just something I d- needs to get done for me to go to the next thing. That we, <laughs> that's that's an oxymoron, you know. With it, it, conscious living, conscious living is deeply relational. We're connected, you know. We're actually one. <laughs> you know, uh, we're and we're on a sacred journey of evolution through many lifetimes, and we're on a planet where that's challenged. My gosh, why are we going to do that? <laughs> like, I'll stop there, but. That gives yeah. you a little bit of flavor and context exactly. here. Exactly, exactly. And actually, we're going to talk about the conscious living and other things because, yeah, this is very important. It's at the center of your book, and I, it has to be uh, elaborated. I have here a quote that's very nice about uh, the definition of success. You said, this is the story of someone who has gone from rags to riches to true riches. So it's like a step even above that, having nothing to do with money and the other trappings of so-called worldly success. And I think that says it all, because as you said, money at some point is not the end of it. There's something else, and it's the higher consciousness, the conscious living, as as you said. Uh, Yeah. And uh, yeah, you said also, much later, I became aware that it is what we are being in the world that brings true fulfillment. And this realization completely redefined success for me. And that's for me, wow, early enough in the, in the year 2000, you were elaborating a conscious business type of things. You were already, that's why for me, you are a pioneer in that sense, before those expressions became fashionable nowadays, you know. Uh, I like also um, the way you describe moments when you needed to move humanity's team to another level. Those moments were like stepping stones that allowed the company to grow in consciousness. You wrote, for example, a few declarations, I think you call them that way, for board members and the staff to make sure that you were all aligned with the mission of humanity's team. And for me, this is an example of a conscious leadership that was taking form, you know, in that sense. So I don't know if you have any comments on that, because that's part of the growth of humanity's team. Yeah, Always I mean, it's finding yourself. It really is everything. So uh, and and it's um, it's it's not only the the deep understanding and awareness of this whole oneness, this what this interconnection, interdependence of the whole of the universe. It's not just understanding that logic center of the mind with in this conscious living thing, it moves down. We, and without even, I didn't ever even think about it this way. It just happened naturally. It's just, we move from logic mm-hmm. center of the mind to the wisdom center of the soul. And so wow. what that means, you know, just to try and make that not sound so ambiguous. So what I would used to do with things is I'd think about it deeply. And now I feel about it deeply. Mm-hmm. And, and my through, through, I can feel into my answer. I'll always get that answer. That's that, um, it, 
wisdom center of the soul. It's also that still small voice. These are really, I'm talking about the same thing. Now at a board level or as as you bring in board level or key leaders, uh, boy, you know, it's everything of, are we in this? Are we seeing the same thing? Are we looking with the same eyes out on the world and at humanities team? And are we committed to really uh, going the whole distance without any small agendas, only the big agenda. The big agenda is huge. It's some would say impossible, but it's not. We're actually well on our way. It's this whole making conscious living pervasive worldwide by 2040. That's in just 17 years. So, boy, you better have wow. great alignment, you know, not just uh, understand it, but living into it, embodying it, expressing it, uh, not only yourself, but in a group setting as a board, as leaders within an organization, humanities team. I'm blessed because I do have that. And I have incredible, uh, amazing, talented, passionate, devoted leaders that work all around me. And uh, wait, we have a blast. And that's wonderful. Uh, And uh, just to continue with that, uh, with a quote, you said that uh, from one of your declarations, you say these principles also work as catalysts to inspire us as individuals to align with the action of conscious evolution. I encourage you to try replacing the word business from the declaration with the word I and see how each of these statements feels to you. Consider them as the basis for action steps in the world. So that's an example of conscious living. So meaning the business could have been replaced by I, and that's you as an individual. How do you take responsibility? So what I like also about that is because you, what does humanity stream streaming platform? It's to teach how to become that. It's not just enough to know that we have to, to change our way of living and being on the conscious evolution path, but how do we do it? So in that sense, humanity's team, we will see later offers on that platform, ways to, 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 uh, to learn how to achieve that in that sense. Okay, now about the book, I have to ask, what is the new spirituality that you talk about? Okay, boy. Well, the new spirituality is the is the most delicious thing. It's not a term that's thrown around that much in today's world, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it will be in the years ahead because the new spirituality is where we, uh, from any faith tradition, from being an atheist, from being an agnostic, from from any any orientation at all, where we're just really feeling into what now science is affirming, which is that. Uh, the the universe is energetic, which means it's vibrational, right? We can be low vibration, we can be high vibration. It's also spiritual. Its basis is actually spiritual. That we're spiritual beings inhabiting a physical body, uh, and so we're and we're paying great attention then to our energy. Are we? Where's my is my vibration level low? And am I feeling sick? Is it high? Is it really high? Where I can actually be a healer and bring alchemy to the world? Where is my vibration as the spiritual being? Um, Boy, when we're living into the fullness of our spiritual selves, uh, and you could call the new spirituality, it would start with, just to keep it really simple, where we're renewing and restoring our connection with God and each other. Okay, renewing and restoring our connection with God and each other. Now, most of us grew up, you know, with the science of our physical bodies, separate bodies, you know. Mm-hmm. Einstein mm-hmm. says, boy, we have this optical delusion. Boy, you know, it's a prison for us, right? He had all these quotes. And his other quote is, boy, the biggest illusion in the whole world, separation. That's the biggest illusion in the whole world, right? So we have scientists. These aren't spiritual figures. These are scientists saying, you know, pay attention. You know, we're not, we're not separate. We're, this is an illusion, right? So when we're living into the new spirituality, when we renew and restore a connection with God and each other, Boy, we're living into, I mean, we understand in the dark of the night as we're sleeping, uh, the God of your understanding is right here, right now, you know? Uh, The whole of the universe is right here, right now. Um, So I'll draw, just to keep this on a practical level, draw a contrast. Now, the me in Silicon Valley back in those years when I was on the super growth curve growing from zero to 75 million, I'd go to bed at night. And it was to me, sleep was a gap of I just want to wake up in the morning. I want to take sleeping pills to get myself asleep because I just want to get up in the morning. Wow. Now, 
hey, that's a delicious part of my 24-hour day. You know, I, <laughs> uh, oh, laying in bed. There's no separation. I'm, you know, the whole of the entirety of the universe of God, you know, is right here. I'm in a snuggy blanket, man. I'm going to enjoy every hour of this thing until the next morning. I'm not trying to get to the next morning. It's different, you know. Again, the whole transactional thing right out the window, you know. Now, beautiful. Now it's the experience. So the new spirituality is where, and I'm just giving a sleep example in relationships, um, which is real, you know, the real juicy thing. So with your coworkers, with your partner, uh, where you can really be in this kind of energy that I'm describing, this deliciousness of life. So this. This is the new spirituality and where we understand this whole, so the Rumi quote, that we're a whole ocean in the drop. We're not just the drop in the ocean. We're the whole ocean in a drop. And that means, mm. what does that mean? Well, that means, uh, you know, wow, we have everlasting life. We have unlimited <laughs> potential. We, there are many lives that we've lived and will live. You know, all of these things, we're living into that, you know, and I, I, I deeply understand. I work, you know, by the way, just to, you brought in the, the streaming platform, Vivian, and uh, of course, that's the central thing to our strategy is get that streaming platform in every home by getting the price down, 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 and we, we give it away. We have a one for one. So can't afford it? Uh, good. You know, we, we're looking for populations of conscious people all over the world where we give it away because they can't afford it. So um, where uh, because then where we understand all of these things and we're living, you know, it's our eternal life. We're just living a small chapter here. And what are we going to do mm-hmm, with this mm-hmm. chapter? And we're living in the fullness of the one. Uh, then you can hear, I mean, I'm sure I'm. people can tell by my voice, this is what lights you up. You know, this is where we're living into the fullness of the, the, the fullness of the invitation of life. Nothing less That's than that. That's good. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Then um, I'm curious, what is your idea, depending on your background, you know, spiritual, scientific, whatever, now that you, you mentioned that with your the 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 list of uh, nice teachers you have at humanities team but what is your idea of the turbulent phase we live in and why do you think it is important to open ourselves to the new consciousness well those who are listening to the podcast as people who are already agree with that but for those who are curious uh, why uh, what is your your opinion of this turbulent phase we are going through and why it is why is it important to really step into this new consciousness in 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 today's world you mean why is it really important Mm -hmm. yeah so boy especially important in today's world so um one of the things you brought in conversations with god earlier uh so i'll just share um three quotes from the last Mm -hmm. very last book called awaken the species one one quote was it says we are one decision away from this whole world that we're describing vivian and i are talking about one decision Mm -hmm. away not ten one uh, wow. Two, uh, and and for effect, it actually um, capitalized one, and then decision and away. I mean, just so you really got it, one decision away. The second quote is, and the same thing, capitalized it for effect. This is the perfect time for advancement. Now, why would they say that? I'll come to the third quote in a second here. Mm-hmm. Why would now be the perfect time for advancement? Well, of course it is. Look at the extreme weather that is clearly getting worse. A war, you know, in the Ukraine that has all kinds of terrible ramifications. The polarity, you know, and in, in, in many all of the countries around the world, the right and the left. Uh, this is not good. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. we we have yeah. we have substantial challenges. And post COVID, you know, just to put the icing on the cake here, <laughs> most people are like, "Wow, I need a little more meaning in my life, a little more purpose." You know, I think I'm going to start feeling into my deeper values here. I'd love to live into those deeper values, right? All this is going on. Then you've got the young people, millennials, Generation X, Z, Alpha, uh, and they're all saying, man, I don't like the way this world's put together. Many of them are disconnecting from their parents that Mm -hmm. I read 25% now. They don't like going to jobs where it's just a sales contest. It's just dollars for for growth of revenue. You know, they're like, check me out. (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to... So this is the perfect time for advancement. The things we're talking about, why would we not want to live into the fullness and deliciousness of life right now when 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 exactly. we've got these individual and collective things playing out? So now the third quote, just real quick, is uh, that uh, the hardest part of this journey to conscious living is 
behind us. <laughs> it's behind us. So it's like, what? You know, with <laughs> all of us going on, the hardest part is behind us. Are you kidding me? Now, as I've sat with that, you know, I, I realize it is true because we could talk about, you know, UFOs, which means there is life on other planets. It's a mainstream idea, you know, mm-hmm. uh, by raising our vibration all the way to healing and alchemy. It's a mainstream idea. Uh, mediumship, where we're lifting the veil, we're in touch with loved ones, angels, guides. It's now mm-hmm. coming to the mainstream. All of these things. These are these are elements of conscious living. So when, when we started Humanities Team 20 years ago, if you talked about any of these things, people would go cross-eyed of, yep. oh boy, you know, I'm yeah. talking to a new ager, doesn't have his feet on the ground. <laughs> you know, exactly. It's true. Yeah. There's a, you, you quote, uh, in the book, you quoted at some point, uh, Michael Beckwith, and you said, has shared that a conscious business is a mission with a business, not a business with a mission. And I really like that shift in that sense, to give people a sense that it's really a profound shift, you know, uh, in that sense. Uh, the, the, we will have to go uh, for a short break and uh, we'll come back and we will uh, address a few more concepts important in your book and we will talk about the science behind that and, of course, the mission of humanity's team. So stay tuned for more inspiration. Set your goals higher and aim for a true transformation in your life. Do not settle for well-being. Be grounded, centered, and raise your consciousness for self-realization. Mayoku Techniques help you start your journey or deepen your practice on a one-to-one training. Check the website, www.myokucenter.com. And together, let's make a difference now in your life. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Tea Break with Vivian Cosimir. We hope today's episode is making you feel empowered in many ways. Now, back to the show with Vivian. So, welcome back to the discussion with Steve Farrell. Wonderful discussion. And let's talk about inner transformation. There's a quote in your book, Steve, that says, but inner transformation, and I think it's very important because people are expecting society to change. But what about them? You know, it has to start with you. So, inner transformation is also critically important if we are to bring true flourishing to business and to the planet. Inner transformation focuses on practices like mindfulness, but it also goes beyond to a deeper place where we commune with our source. People have discovered valid and compelling channels to commune with this source, ranging from practicing spiritual techniques to studying quantum physics. Each of these begins with a firm foundational, sorry, belief in the divine. And I think that's very important. And that uh, brings the question of what does it mean to be aligned, to feel the divine? Some people think they feel it. Some others are still wondering, what does it mean to be aligned? So that's a question for you, Steve. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so there's a lot there. Um, you, you're bringing in conscious business. And, and of course, the, this is all focused around the interior. So this whole going within practice. And, you know, mystics have shared back through time, right, that if we don't go within, we go without. So uh, another way of saying that is because we, we talked about it earlier, is there's this still small voice. Okay, that's an interior thing we're talking about now. That's not an external world thing. And some uh, probably most of the listeners are familiar with integral theory, right? With Ken Wilber and other organizations, integral theory. And it says there's an exterior world and there's an interior world. And he says, boy, you know, real problem here. In today's world, the exterior world is mostly what is paid attention to. And he says, that's a real flatland, you know, because we just, mm-hmm. we live a very mundane life where it's just our visual eyes, you know, exterior world. And he's so correct in that uh, if we don't go with the soul, you know, if we're not listening to that still small voice, 
if we're not making time for a daily practice where we're going within to really hear, see and hear and feel uh, that which we're guided to, uh, that the vision that's unfolding for our lives, the ways that we can be more loving, more truthful, mm-hmm. or in integrity. If we cut that out, it, it's a, it's worse than a flatland. You know, it's just we, in my opinion, uh, we're missing the big invitation in life. Uh, so yeah. the, the 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 interior that going within practice, creating that practice throughout your day, certainly beginning and end of day, but throughout your day where we're really communing with the one, which uh, um, I like to use the word uh, the divine, but. You know, my scientist friends use cosmos and universe. That works fine, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but where we're really communing with and connecting with and, and guided by and supported by. And when we live that way, then, you know, there's all this talk about electric cars and autonomous driving. Oh, boy, I'll get in my electric car. It's going to drive me, you know, where, well, how'd you like autonomous living, right? <laughs> autonomous living where you get up and you just sort of driven along. You're in flow. Well, guess, guess what? That's what we we can do that in conscious living because we're so guided and supported uh, to to this these uh, the real deliciousness in life. Why would we not? So in the fullness of conscious living, I I do call it. It's like autonomous living. Oh, I love it. I like the 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 metaphor. It's yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. You say something about. Um, I like it in the quote again, and you mentioned this after your own experience with the humanities team. And you say, I invite you to take regularly, to take time, I'm sorry, regularly to examine your own life. Ask yourself if you are living in any way that runs counter to your deeper beliefs about life and the universe. If you find that anything is out of alignment, you can take steps to reclaim your inner harmony. And I think that's important, Uh, yeah to stay connected and find ways. Yeah. Uh, some people had calling like you early, others is uh, only through bad experience. They are difficult times and they discovered this connect connection with their deeper self. And other have this, uh, found that connection through a joyful experience. So it depends on anyone. There's not one way to be connected. Uh, what can you say to listeners who wonder what is actually that inner calling? What is that thing? So uh, the the quote I read is to give people a chance to to slow down and ask themselves, you know, as you said, am I doing exactly what my my beliefs about my and my values? What are my values even? You know, some people are so automated in a way. So what would you say about that? So, you know, just to really keep this grounded, we all actually follow our inner calling for the major decisions in our life, the partner that we're with, the home that we live in, the schools that we send our kids to. Uh, These are really major things where uh, almost everybody's going within. They're not just guided by outside voices. There's 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 a a within process that's kicking in of, yes, this is the one. Yes, this is where we're going to live. both in terms of geography and home, uh, you know, and so on. So, so it's kicking in already for everybody on these major decisions. All we're talking about here now, where we talk about this going within, building a daily practices, instead of just leaving it to the big, big things, we're now bringing it into everything. So, or throughout our day, now we're going to go in, we're going to become connected, we're going to become informed on every little thing moment to moment throughout our day. And and here's the thing is people would say, well, if I don't, you know, is anything going to happen to me? Or so like, is it sin or am I going to go to some bad destination? <laughs> no, you know, answer is no. But here's the thing. The fruit is in this. So the fruit, this is where, you know, if we want to live deliciously and keep in, you know, and again, I, I lived there with all the financial, the that private jet world. Mm-hmm. They didn't have it there, you know. But in, in any geography, any place in the world, you can live into this. You can, you can create this interior practice where we're going within and we're mm-hmm. in that connection state. We listen to the music we want to listen to. We pay attention to nature. We're staying in flow. And now, boy, this is what makes life delicious where we say, 
oh boy, I'm going to enjoy my sleep. As I talked about earlier, I'm going to enjoy the fullness of my day. You know, yeah. each day, you just, it doesn't have to be Friday. Uh, you know, each day it's like, oh, this is really nice. So yes, you don't, we don't need to do any of this, but we're the ones that pay, that, 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 that pass on the treasure or the fruit when we don't. Yeah, no, it's well said. Mm -hmm. That brings me to the, to the other part of when you talk about from doing to being. And uh, you said, I had already begun to feel the shift from doing to being as my life's focus. I began exploring more deeply the question of what could bring the highest level of meaning and purpose to my life. Ah, I like that one. And <laughs> if you stay, no, but this, this is actually simple, but so powerful, because if you remind yourself, you know, in that sense, what is the, the purpose or the highest level of meaning of my life, even if you don't have a clear answer, but still you realign yourself on that road. And that's important yeah, in that sense. Yeah. So now about science, what the science behind uh, oneness and uh, conscious living, because most people who are on the spiritual path take it for granted. We feel it a bit or we trust it or, but when we have the science behind, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We can't deny it anymore, you know. So right. uh, I have here. I don't know if you have your own quote or if you want to go ahead and explain. But I have a quote here from uh, Nassim. If you want me to read it, or sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Then we'll let's talk it about says, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you see, I give a lot of quotes in the podcast because the book is a must-have. So people have to get those quotes to understand why we we talk about that. Uh, Nassim Aramein focuses on the fundamental geometry of space that connects everything, including all of us, from the quantum and molecular scale to cosmological object in the universe. The results of Nassim's research show that we are all part of a unified field and that this field exists within every part of the whole, no matter how small, right down to the protons inside our atom. And I remember watching a, a masterclass with uh, uh, Greg Braden and, and, uh, and uh, Nassim from your stream uh, platform, streaming platform. And he, he used the example of an apple. You remember? If you cut the apple in right. two, yeah. guess, et cetera. So I don't know if you want to elaborate on that, meaning oneness yeah. is there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, so let me share. Um, uh, we, we have a lot of science-based programs on the on the humanity stream platform. So um, I'll just write at the beginning, if the, the nonprofit name again is humanitiesteam.org. So with a Y, humanitiesteam.org. And if you go there in the top left, you'll see programs. And if you do pull down the menu, you'll see free programs. So, and then if you go into free programs, you're going to see all these science-based programs, including this one of with Nassim and Greg Braden, also Bruce Lipton and Lynn McTaggart and more with Greg Braden, a whole bunch of them. So, they're free programs. So I invite you go go in and listen to these scientists uh, because I, I will guarantee you, you're going to learn some things in what they share. Uh, we That's why we create these programs because what we're talking about here in Conscious Living is really going to a whole new beliefs really about life. Well, we're not going to just, oh, you know, change our beliefs about life easily. Boy, you better, you know, really convince me if I'm going to have a new basis for my life then you better take me through this whole wisdom, you know, this science, this research, this sharing uh, of these, what you call truths. So that's what we do. And you read a quote here, um, one of our, our top uh, science programs, it's called Forbidden Science. You know, again, there's that uh, free program that goes with it, Greg Braden, Sam Harriman. Um, it's called Forbidden Science. They insisted on calling it that. We said, why do we need to call it that? And they said, because they won't let us teach the science in the classroom, even though it's peer reviewed mm -hmm. and, and most scientists would say it's true. Uh, it's just not out in the public. And, and um, as you mentioned, Nassim brings in who studies quantum physics. He's got the resonance science foundation, everything from a proton, from an atom, from quantum scale. So, you know, with a microscope to cosmological objects, galaxies, and everything in between physical and non-physical is a part of this one spiritual energy, this energy field, this vibrational field, everything. Uh, and he 
his equations go to 13 decimal points for all of it. And if you remember, that's point oh 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 oh, you know, thirteen <laughs> decimal points. Are you kidding me? His his research uh, shares yes, everything is a part of one thing, and and it's also it means it's it's non dual. So mm-hmm. we don't have these opposing forces in the universe. It's harmonious. It's exactly. it's interdependent. It's you know, it's all of these it's all of these good things. It's peaceful. Um, it's not again the science we grew up with the darwin of oh boy get ready to fight to get your your share <laughs> you know no the the new science and again it's not just a sim also nobel prize for physics here in uh in in october of last year right was to three physicists uh that that uh are doing the research on entanglement and entanglement is one of the properties it says you got two sides of the universe no physical connection at all and they're deeply affecting each other well, how can that be? You know, the science we grew up with would say no, uh, impossible. That this is the whole point. Uh, humanity's team calls this the Galileo moment. By the way, <laughs> yeah. why are we calling this the Galileo moment? Well, here's why: because Galileo, you might remember from earlier your science and history class, early 1600s, the whole world uh, believed that the Earth was the center of the universe, right? The sun and all of the universe was just revolving around the earth and then uh galileo says hello he he created his own telescope he said yeah there's this this actually isn't true uh we're part of a solar system so uh there are other planets we revolve around the sun and we're at the edge of the universe we're not at the center of the universe so it's a whole different understanding uh that research changed the whole world Unfortunately, Galileo paid the price. He was put under house arrest. They almost killed him. Mm. Uh, he had to recant his research and say, I'm, I'm sorry, it wasn't true. Uh, but his research was already out in the public domain. Other people with telescopes observed the same thing. And the world changed. So we're at another Galileo moment. You know, we were all taught mm-hmm. only about the physical body that goes to do- bones and dust and goes six feet under. It's all true. There's, it's not untrue. It's just that that's the least important part. You know, we're a spiritual being that's one universal consciousness inhabiting the uh, our, our body. So we have eight billion faces of this or, mm. of, of this consciousness here on this planet, uh, and that's mm. far more important to understand than just the physical body, which we, you know, we uh, uh, embody when we return from the non-physical uh, universe. The, the this was also part of Nassim's research. There's it has physical and non-physical aspects so this brings in near-death experience and all of what has been shared all the mediums and all of what they share we work with those too so now scientists you know we can go back to plato and hippocrates and 450 bce 2500 years and then sir james jeans and then david bohm erwin schrodinger and another Mm -hmm. uh nobel prize winner for physics 1933 um albert einstein who i brought in uh eben alexander dr eben alexander uh, who has this uh, wrote proof of heaven? You know he's a he's a neuros, neurosurgeon. Um, uh, Nassim Harriman uh, and these others that we're talking about. So the science is now in. I will say uh, that there's still debate. You know there's still the old world and the new world. That's why we're calling it the um, this Galileo moment because there's enough mm-hmm. science in now mm-hmm. that's saying it is not just physical. Come on. You know, the, what I, Albert Einstein said, it's not just we have an optical delusion. Exactly. So if we if we really study the research, I, I think we'll see that, in fact, it is a conscious universe uh, that we do have this everlasting life and all of these other properties. Uh, and then then we can put our ladder against the right wall, so to speak, if we walk around and just mm-hmm. live in the optical delusion our whole life and one life to live. Uh, it's our misfortune. You know, we're the ones that are going to. At the end of our life, okay. we'll when when we go to the non-physical realm, we'll see. And you know that, yeah. that's why I'm out passionately talking about this all the time because I want to. I myself walked around in the optical delusion for a large part of my life, and now you know I'm like, wow, this is this is a whole lot more in- interesting and fun, and uh, I want to just extend that invitation. That's wonderful, wonderful. Uh, two quick questions before we go into the mission of uh, the humanities team. Uh, one question is, we hear very often to be in service. We hear that in Buddhism and other practices. And so 
what does it mean to be in service for people don't panic you don't have to be a monk or become poor so what does it mean to be in service so there are three premises of my book i'll state them very quickly one uh -huh. that there's a universal consciousness permeating and animating all of life two which science is affirming two that we're actually designed as part of that one uh, which means that we're loved by the one and we can love the one if we choose and we're equal parts of the one. There's no favorite. We're all equal parts of the one. This premise two, designed that way. And then premise three, the more we give ourselves away, the better we feel. Now, those three are all connected. So and, uh, there's no shoulds in any of this. It's not you should or thou shalt, you know, no, <laughs> there's yeah. none of that. And we have end of free will, you know, we, sh everybody should do what they want to do, but what science is affirming is all of these things. What I've, uh, in the book, you might remember the Ken Baring example that I bring in, Vivian, this billionaire that had everything, and I do mean everything, the 737 jet, an NFL football team, the, uh, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, 150 uh, of the best uh, cars in the world and a 30,000 square foot home with all the best wines, everything. I mean, this, this man had everything, a multi-billionaire, and what does he say? You know, I got to know him because of his wheelchair foundation. He said, oh, gosh, you know, I didn't really get to taste it, you know, really see the treasure until I started my wheelchair foundation. I started giving away wheelchairs yeah. all over the world. And then once I did, it was like, wow, here it is, you know, something that opened my heart up and other people's heart up. So it's not just me walking around with this. There, there are many people that tell mm -hmm. the story. That's wonderful. There's a quote here that I really love. It, you say, if you feel God or the universe is charging you with a mission to help other beings on the planet in some way, trust that you will also find the resources to carry out that mission. Ooh, that's wonderful. That's really true alignment to faith and trust in it. You know, that's uh, so that's truly to be in service. It's not just for yourself. It's for the good. And the last question before we talk about humanity's team is something I found interesting and funny in, in your book is you mentioned developmental theorist uh, ideas about um, the four stages. And they say more than 70% of the population is either in the egocentric or ethnocentric worldview. So the question you raise is, uh, to, in, in, in a way to answer in a more conscious way, but you raise that question that then what the point? Why bother to help humanity as a whole awaken if those people are not ready to, to be open to this uh, worldview? So what's your answer to that? Yeah, my answer is it as, as, uh, what these uh, developmental theorists declare is 70% are in egocentric or ethnocentric, which means that they are incapable right now of living into this oneness, this interdependent, interconnected universe, uh, to which I, I say, um, I'm not going to let that slow me down or change my mind at all mm -hmm. about anything that I'm doing. You know, in a family, and I use this uh, example in the book, um, you know, you have the more the, the ones that are more devoted, that are maybe a little more mature, kind of out leading the way. And then the other family members come along. And I think we are in the middle of, uh, of a great shift of the ages right now, this pivot to this whole new way of living on the earth that creates a sustainable and flourishing planet. And the hardest part is behind us, too. So I, I believe we're, we're in the middle of that and uh, where we just are out talking about our experience. I wanted to write this book as it's I'm not in the book saying, oh, I like this idea and that idea and this idea. I'm saying, this is what I lived. This is what mm -hmm. I've done, you know, and this is why. Because uh, it's it's great to have opinions about things, but, you know, our life is precious. So what are we, what do we believe so much that we're going to live into the, into the fullness of it? And this conscious living thing, as we, as we, Vivian and I are sharing, you know, this is it. This is, you know, prosperity, abundance, delicious living, you know, call it what, any of these things this is what it is yeah wonderful yeah that's wonderful thank you for answering that question that is actually in people's mind you know in some way uh, now let's talk we have 10 15 minutes left to talk about humanity's team so i have many questions but i think they overlap and i let you explain all of that what does humanity's team stand for what is 
its mission and how uh, do you create a conscious culture and how can we speed in other words the whole thing about your organization and the wonderful streaming platform and your goal uh, for two, 2040 and let you explain that yes okay good well the mission is, again uh, global humanities team with a y we're a 501c3 nonprofit based in the united states but it is a global organization we can see people coming into the platform from all over the world we actually monitor it it's kind of neat visually when we look at the map and go oh my god look at the last month the whole planet has come in hooray uh yeah. where we're streaming all of these you know hundreds of master classes and things um which is really fun so and our overarching mission is to make conscious living pervasive worldwide by 2040. So that's in 17 years. And that means to create a sustainable and flourishing planet for our kids and future generations so they can enjoy the physicality of the planet that we've enjoyed, you know, where we have these beautiful weathers of the seasons and uh, and we don't have the extreme weather, you know, that and smoke and fires and tornadoes and hurricanes and things that uh, are beginning to happen now because of uh, global warming. Mm -hmm. So uh, so that's our mission. Everything is really built around that mission. Uh, we even have an initiative inside of Humanities Team called Changing Humanities Future, which goes at that. And if you go to changinghumanitiesfuture.org uh, or .com, Changing Humanities Future, uh, you can read about the whole initiative. We formed it with mm -hmm. Neil Donald Walsh, the Conversations with God Foundation, and many leaders all over the world. Michael Bernard Beckwith, many of the scientists are all uh, partners with us in that mission. Um, now, it is this group of really beautiful people that are incredibly passionate that have come together in this nonprofit that, you know, we where we have this dream that's in front of us. And the dream is, wow, where we see where this, this we talked about the new spirituality where people are living this way. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. You know, and we're the planet, you know, we're caring for the planet. We're stewarding this beautiful planet that we live on and not fouling it uh, and things. Uh, so we're all really uh, devoted to that dream, inspired by that dream. Now, you got into other things of, well, how do we create a conscious culture and how does that work inside of humanities team? Um, so let me get to that and then I'll get to the streaming platform to give okay. that a little color. So um, uh, there, there are a lot of things here on the culture. Let me just cover a few of them. One is uh, it starts with ourselves. So that's why we're Vivian and I are really spending quality time talking about our own, our own practice, you know, our own way of living becoming conscious, not just understanding at logic center of mind, but wisdom center of soul, you know, embodying it, expressing it, really living into it. So it has to start there too. Uh, then as we're recruiting in, looking for the same thing, are these people, uh, do they understand it? Are they living into it? Are they embodying it and expressing it? And uh, candidly, where we're embodying it and expressing it, maybe we're a little more loving, maybe we're just a little more patient, maybe we're a little more kind, uh, you know, uh, maybe we listen a little better. So these are some of the things that are telltale signs of somebody that's living it. Because we, you know, oneness after all uh, means that we're not going to be walking around judging people and and exactly. and you know, thou shalt and you know, being righteous and crazy things like that. So then um, other things that layer on top of that. Uh, there's a bunch of them, but um, it's it's we, not me. That's oneness. So. I'm really often the face of humanities team, but I'm not inside of humanities team. It's a we culture. Everybody is making a beautiful contribution. Everybody's acknowledged, you know, as the beautiful person and contributor that they are. Um, there's this whole force for good, you know, strength and community in the world. Again, out of oneness, we're, we're of course going to be a force for good. You, you brought in even the conscious business thing of it's the mission, right? That's out front. The mission is going to lead it all. Well, exactly. so the mission of just that we're going to strengthen our homes and communities in the world, we're going to be a force for good. Um, we're going to be a floodlight, not a spotlight. So um, now a spotlight is when, okay, we're going to love our employees first and then everybody else. Or, or no, we're going to love our customers first and then everybody else. Now we're going to be a floodlight. So we're going to love them all. <laughs> Employees, customers, vendors, yeah, vendors, yeah, everybody, floodlight, everybody. So that's what oneness is. Oneness um, exactly. is, is love. If we have to say, okay, you can, Steve, just, it's only one word. I'm sorry. You're going to have to describe it with one word. 
love. It's love. That's what it is. So we're a floodlight for love, you know, and we don't have to, by the way, be, oh, you know, don't ever make mistakes. We have excellent all the time or something. Just do our best. That's all. If we do our best, that's that's good enough. Um, I mentioned the dream in front of the team, an inspiring environment. So you create, there aren't task lists of, you know, oh, Vivian, can you get these 10 things done today? Well, it doesn't feel, that's not very inspiring. <laughs> you know, let's keep it inspirational up to what are we doing, focusing on here, how are we working together? Make it fun, make it inviting, you know, that's acknowledge cool. people that are contributing. Um, so set a workload example is another one. So in my role, yeah. um, you know, boy, it's not, this, this, you know, SHIT running downhill, just the opposite. Boy, if you're in the visible roles, you better really be contributing, you know, at a high, high level. Because why do we expect people in lower roles, uh, not that there is a lower and higher, but, no, I, yeah, yeah. you know, but the, mm-hmm. the, I need to really be pitching in and people really seeing that and feeling that. Um, and then um, uh, uh, the quality of our interaction, I mentioned no stacking. So these are some of the things that are part of the culture. Um, you know, again, do, do we have to be perfect? No. Do we have to always be excellent? No. But okay. but just being our best at these things and where we're all doing that together, uh, as we do in humanities team. Oh, I can tell you, I am so blessed. You know, I'm so That's we're a virtual wonderful. organization. I don't have another person. Actually, my son does some work for social media here, but uh, the organization is spread out over the world, and it and it uh, is amazing. We've harnessed it's like putting lightning in a bottle. Because uh, <laughs> why? Well, just imagine if you do all these things. Of course, it is lightning, and everybody would want to work at a place like that, wouldn't they? And absolutely, this is why my companies in absolutely. in Silicon Valley grew so fast because we didn't call it conscious business then, but we were doing our best to do these kinds of things, and and people want to work where they feel loved and supported and stuff. Oh, wonderful. No, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And it shows actually uh, in your in your masterclasses, in the discussion, like uh, two Wednesdays ago, you had this uh, talk with a group and I was there for half times only. But um, yeah, it shows it's it comes up to the to the to the reader or to the client or to the the person who goes on your website it, it shows that you are, you really have a mission from the heart you know from humanity so it's wonderful yeah so uh, to wrap up do you have anything you want to say to the listeners yes well so by my book which we've been talking about a new universal dream if you go to a new universal dream.com you can read a little more about it and the first four chapters are opened up unlocked so you can read them. And then also we give away my conscious leadership masterclass, the $299 masterclass. Uh, you just enter your receipt number for, on the book and then boom, we'll unlock that whole class for you. Uh, so it's it's kind of a neat deal. Don't pass that up. But the book is $19. So it's not a huge expense, but why not get the mm-hmm. you know almost $300 masterclass with it? So go to uh, yeah. a new universal dream.com and then humanities team with a y.org. Uh, to read about, uh, see all of the free programs and things. And then if you go to Humanity Stream, Humanity Stream with a Y.net, you'll see the streaming platform, which is, again, um, boy, uh, the price uh, of it annual, monthly, and then the giveaway. Uh, there's nothing, and, and also the technology. I mean, go into the library and visually look at the hundreds of programs. You're going to go, mm-hmm. oh, wow. You know, yeah. I mean, if you it's go amazing. through two of them, you'll be happy. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. I I, uh, I really recommend it. Steve, I'm so sorry. That's the, the, the only time we have, but it was so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing with us your wisdom and insight. I am sure that our discussion helped people to better understand the importance of interconnectedness or oneness in this transitional phase on the planet. I insist on that. It is undeniable that the new consciousness movement has deep implications for personal and global transformation. So to the listeners, start your journey into conscious living for yourself and for humanity. Visit Humanity's team website listed in Steve's bio in the podcast with all the links that you just mentioned, Steve. Buy the book, this is a plus, and join us for the global movement. 
I am Vivian Casimir, and this is a monthly podcast. Follow us on the Voice America platform for great insights and conscious talk. And see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to this month's episode of Tea Break with Vivian Casimir. Tune in next month for another new empowering episode. Until then, have a nice cup of tea and a clear mind.